we welcome you today to Harvest Sunday, Harvest Celebration today. And I know it may seem strange to be talking about Harvest Celebration. It's been months since the harvest in South Carolina came in. But what we're celebrating today is God's harvest, that, that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and, and we are yielding his harvest for him, and that we're contributing to his harvest, and we're celebrating his goodness to us and his faithful, faithfulness to us as a church and a parish community. So today we, we harvest for God. And today you'll hear the third sermon in our series on stewardship, and today We're going to look at stewardship through the eyes of three witnesses. One comes from Mark chapter 12, and it's a widow woman. One comes from a local man in the congregation who will share with us his lay witness. And one will be from a woman half a world away named Susanna. Susanna, when I heard her story, she brought tears to my eyes when I heard it. And she reminded me and convicted of me of how impoverished my own stewardship is. And she made me grow. So I hope you'll enjoy these three witnesses. Today, I'll only preach a homily, so we'll have time for it all. But I want to examine our hearts in relationship to our stewardship. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, For where your heart is, there your treasure will be as well. So good stewards have a natural connection of their hearts and their treasures. So we're going to examine the heart through those three witnesses. If you have your Bibles, it would be helpful to turn to chapter 12 of Mark's gospel. We'll be looking at verse 38 and following. Okay, verses 38 and following. Jesus will give to us a brief teaching on stewardship. And if you don't know this, you need to know it. Jesus talked more about the stewardship of our personal finances and resources than he did about prayer. Can you imagine that? Why would he do that? I think because he knew that the stewardship of our resources is a major stronghold for most people. It prevents us from maturing in discipleship and sanctification. He did that because he wants to break that hold that money has over our lives. So as a preacher, I realize that that word stewardship may even be foreign to most of you. If you didn't grow up in the church, that may make no sense to you. So I want to unpack that word for you briefly before we talk about this story. A steward is a legally appointed person in a king or a master's household that is given governance and charge over his possessions to invest as he will for the greater good of the king and the spread of his kingdom. And so basically, a steward is a manager, a caretaker over the king's property. And as Christians, that's what God calls us to be. You know, as Anglican Christians, every week, we hear those words from 1 Chronicle 29, 14. When David posed this question, he says, But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer our sacrifices to you willingly? In other words, all this stuff is yours, and we're given the great joy of offering a portion back to you willingly. And then we say as Anglicans, because all things come from you, O Lord, and of your own have we given you. Stewards, we're managers only of what God has given us. And we are challenged to give back a thanksgiving portion to him, to honor the king and to grow his kingdom. That's why we're here today, Harvest Celebration. So let's look at chapter 12. 
Jesus starts on this teaching by telling us what stewardship is not. In verse 38, look at this closely. Jesus says, this is not stewardship. He says, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes, and they like their greetings in the marketplaces, and they like to have the best seats in church, and they love their places of honor at the feasts. They're the first one in line for the barbecue after church. Just kidding. (laughs) They devour the widows' houses, and for a pretense, they use their long prayers to draw people to themselves. Jesus says they'll receive their greater condemnation. Beware of them. Beware of that type of steward. You know, the the scribes, they were in charge of of, uh, copying the manuscripts of the Bible. They were in charge of translating it for the people. They were also in charge in judging the people with God's word. And so they had great authority over the people, and they loved it. They loved to lord over the people. And sometimes they never connected their heart to their stewardship, their heart to their worship. They pretended to be holy. They loved the long prayers because they said, look at me, look at me, look at me. It wasn't about God. But remember what Jesus says? Where your treasure, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. So, Jesus concludes, they will receive great condemnation. Beware and do not be like them. But, he says, there's this other person, this woman, and Jesus' people watching, who comes up to the temple to give her sum of money. Now these scribes, they would have come up to the alms basin. It would have been a large metal basin. They would have opened up their sack, and all the money would have made a loud clanging noise on the way down. And that would have been a way of saying, look at my generosity. Look at what a great guy I am. But here comes a little widow woman, as Jesus' people watching. Verse 41 And he, Jesus, sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting in their money in the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. But in verse 42, here comes this woman, maybe in tattered clothing, just humbly before the Lord. It says, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins that together were just a penny. Jesus uses this. He puts on his teacher's hat, goes into full teaching mode. And he says, come on, boys, come on over here, my disciples. I want you to see this. You saw and were probably impressed with what those scribes did. This is the heart of stewardship. This woman is the heart of stewardship. Verse 34, he says to his disciples, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to this offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had. All she had to live on. She gave all. She gave an astounding offering of sacrifice back to her Lord and King, who is God. She gave everything. So I want to look at that, and I want to bring home three points for us today before I close. Three things that her stewardship revealed to Jesus and why he said, Come on, boys, over here and look at what she's done. First of all, it revealed her heart of love for God. Think of it. The widow's gift is not uh, about her at all, in the least. Jesus doesn't give us her name. He doesn't give her glory. He doesn't say a thing about her other than it's not about her. The scribes wanted honor to be heaped on themselves. And this little widow woman, all she wanted to do was love God 
and glorify God with her gift. You know those two little itty-bitty coins that she put in that alms basin? Nobody in the congregation heard her plink when she put those coins in that alms basin. But they made a thunderous, loud noise in the ears of God because he received them as a sacrificial offering of love. Beautiful. Jesus said, be like her. Show your love for God in your offerings. Number two, he revealed her trust in God. Remember, she gave all. Remember, she didn't have a man to stand behind her. She was a widow woman. She had to be thinking, right, where's my next meal coming from? Where am I going to lay my head? Who's going to make ends meet at the end of the month? I've given all to God. But the offering she gave was not out of fear for the future, but out of an extreme trust in God's faithful providence in her life. He will provide. He will give me what I need to sustain me for tomorrow. You know, in Malachi 3.10, we're all given a challenge during stewardship. This comes from the mouth of God, and here it is. Bring a full tithe into the storehouse. Now, if you don't know a tithe, that's 10% of what God's given you because it's all God's in the first place, right? He says that there may be food in my house. Thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. No more need. She knew that he would provide for her need. Put me to the test, the Lord says. Did you know that's the only time in the entire Bible that God says, put me to the test? The only time. Because he will provide for your needs. I want to pause and think about that. Is your giving right now in such a sacrificial way that it costs you something? That you have to trust in his providence? That you have to lean on him to provide for your tomorrow? Is your gift such a sacrifice that it leads you to a deeper dependence on his lordship alone. Number three, it revealed to Jesus that day her worship of God. Jesus said in verse 44, The scribes all contributed out of their abundance, but she, the widow, out of her poverty, has put in everything that she had. They gave out of their excess. They gave to God of their leftovers. They gave to God their scraps on his table. But she gave a sacrifice, a worship sacrifice, her very best, her finest to the Lord. David said, David said in 1 Chronicles 21, 24, he says, I will not give to the Lord that which cost me nothing. That is sacrifice of worship. I will not give to the Lord that which cost me nothing. So worshiping God with our money during stewardship it should mean having to rearrange some stuff in our lives. Maybe not to take that extravagant vacation. Maybe to eat out less. To make God a priority in the things we enjoy a secondary blessing. When we make the tithe, the first check we write every month, what we are saying in essence is God is our highest priority. The greatest object to worship in my life and I'm going to trust him in love for, to, to provide for me for tomorrow. So I want to ask you one more time. Is God the body of Christ, this local church community, is it your first priority or your last priority? Do you give of your excess if you have something left at the end of the month or the end of the year? Or is it the first check you write to the glory of the king and to further his kingdom? True worship 
is sacrifice of the heart. That widow gave all, and that widow worshiped God that day. So the bottom line is this, and I'll close with this. God wants from us not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. You see, you may give a large sum of money to our stewardship this year, and if it is from your heart, if it is in love with God, if it is a trust sacrifice to God, then he honors it. That is good and laudable service. He will use it as muscle for ministry in his kingdom. If you give two little pennies to God, and it's not much for the church to work off of, but if it's from the heart, and it's out of trust and love for the God, the Father, and King, he will honor that just as much. He will honor it just as much. Not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. So I encourage you here today to begin to, to bring your tithe into the storehouse. If you're not at 10%, there's no guilt in that. Devise a plan to, to trust God more fully. Move from 2% maybe to 4% this year. And I guarantee you, if you'll test him and you'll trust him, then what you'll discover is that your love for him will grow, your trust in him will grow, and your good and laudable worship in him will grow. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be as well.